0: Hey you! Yes, you! Thanks for tuning in to the Healthy, Wild, and Free podcast. My name is David Benjamin. I'm your host and the founder of HealthyWildAndFree.com. If you're like me, you understand that health, the mind-body-spirit-heart connection, and living a green, eco-friendly, sustainable lifestyle are some of the most valuable and life-enhancing lessons that we can learn and pass on to our children to live happy, and abundant lives that's why this podcast was created to help you grow in these areas if you aren't already subscribed to the newsletter go to healthywildandfree.com. click the box at the top right hand corner to get a free copy of our latest ebook and you'll be subscribed to be notified about future podcasts thanks for subscribing and tuning in enjoy Hey, what's up, guys? This is David Benjamin from HealthyWildAndFree.com. Uh, today we have an awesome guest. I'm excited to bring him on the show because he's doing work that truly aligns with uh, everything kind of that I'm doing um, online as far as um, kind of health and wellness, um, helping people find uh, you know, different kind of like healing solutions, and um, really just kind of helping um, the planet as a whole in that kind of way. And he's doing it through film. And uh, what's cool about it, what's cool about what he does is that it's very, very unique, very, um, very targeted kind of to specific uh, ailments, specific diseases, specific things like that. So um, today on the show, we are going to have uh, Nick Polizzi as a guest. And uh, he spent his career directing and editing feature-length documentaries about holistic alternatives to conventional medicine. Early on, Nick directed The Tapping Solution, uh, which we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then he also co-edited uh, Simply Raw, uh, Raw for 30 Days, um, which is a film about reversing diabetes in 30 days. It's a great film. Um, and his current role as a producer of The Sacred Science stems from a calling to honor, preserve, and protect the ancient knowledge and rituals of the indigenous peoples of the world in the Amazon rainforest. And uh, like I said, I mean, this, this guy is just truly... Um, someone who is really living the change that he wants in the world. He's not just talking about it. He's not just, you know, um, <laughs> kind of out there preaching and telling people, like, hey, this is what you should do. He's one. the one living in. He's, you know, sharing all this information um, on so many levels through film, and the films are amazing. Um, so let me bring him on the call real quick. And, um... In the meantime, sorry, this is going to take just a second. Uh, in the meantime, make sure to go to healthywildandfree.com and click the box at the top right-hand corner of the page. It's a big box, and it says "Your supplements suck." Uh, I hope that they don't, but uh, they actually might, because there's a lot of supplements on the market that are—they uh, have a lot of fillers, a lot of preservatives. Um, you know, are, are made from you know gelatin, or they have magnesium stearate or just kind of fillers that dilute the potency and purity of the actual supplement. Um, The supplement world has kind of become like the, uh, kind of become like the food world to some degree in that kind of sense. It's basically a, um, it's basically a big, you know, huge range in quality and just different, you know, lower quality supplements is kind of the majority. And then the um, higher quality supplements are kind of more rare and hard to find. And, um, you know, more difficult to find overall. So basically, the book on Healthy, Wild, and Freedom just kind of goes through some of the basics uh, to help you understand where you're at as far as, uh, you know, your supplement quality and what you're taking currently. And then it helps to gauge the quality of what you're taking so that you can um, find higher quality uh, supplements um, for yourself. So um, I'm going to bring him on the call right now, and uh, we'll get the interview started. Hey, Nick, are you there? Yeah, it's me. Hey, good to have you on the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely good to be here. I going to start the interview and uh, asking you a question that I really ask all of the guests that I have on uh, the podcast. And that question is, how did you kind of initially get into health and wellness as an interest or passion of yours?
1: Um, It came to me um, in the form of an illness. I had uh, pretty bad migraines in my early 20s, uh, into my late 20s, um, and I tried all kinds of things, including conventional pharmaceuticals, to combat the symptoms of it, and I was seeing a really, really great neurologist in the Danbury area. He's like one, of the, one of the highest um, regarded neurologists in Connecticut. And he said, hey, listen, you know, the, the medications that we have you on, I think I was taking something called set and something else. Um, once the migraine came on to combat the pain, he said, hey, you, you, this, is not, if this is starting to wear off and, you're not, and you're not, this isn't working for you anymore. We'll need to put you on preventative drugs, which will probably change your mood substantially, but they will probably also make the migraines go away. And that's kind of where I of the line and said, I'm not doing that. And I started looking into other possibilities, and that led me to traditional medicine.
0: Traditional medicine, what exactly? What, what was the... Uh,
1: the first the first modality I started working with was EFT. Are you familiar with
0: EFT? Okay. Yeah. But for our so, listeners, do you care about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I started working with EFT, and that honestly was what nailed it. I was lucky enough to uh, be working with some really, really good practitioners. As I started working with that, I also had the opportunity to, to uh, direct the film of the tapping solution, which was really great. But, you know, during the course of all that, I worked on my migraines quite a bit, and uh, it all really came down to some early childhood trauma. That I never would have guessed uh, was linked to it. But once that was cleared and confronted, then the migraines
0: went away. Okay. So, what is for someone that kind of doesn't really fully understand EFT, what is what is that? What is EFT? What does it look like? I guess.
1: Uh, EFT is it's a combination of uh, Chinese medicine and conventional psychotherapy. So what you're what you're doing is stimulating your body's meridian points. If you're you're familiar with acupuncture, acupressure, these are the same points. You have hundreds of them all over your body. And uh, you stimulate stimulate them by tapping on them, Um, the ones particularly in your face and upper torso, while you're also going through traumatic events and possible linked emotions um, to whatever you're trying to work through. So if you're working with pain, a good practitioner is going to um, try to ask a series of questions that lead you to some deeper answers on what might be contributing to that pain this is all happening while you're tapping on different uh, meridian points in your body
0: okay so anyone so who can kind of benefit from ESD is, is it specific to kind of trauma or is it kind of beyond that too it's
1: um, it's it's being used for all kinds of things you know it's it's great for pain relief it's great for for PTSD post traumatic stress disorder people are using it for honestly every kind of illness and disease because it's believed that when your body can relax and no longer be in fight or flight uh, your 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 body's natural ability to heal itself is enhanced so it can it can only help you i mean you know i i think it's for anybody if you're somebody who is nervous or scared about anything which is pretty much all of us um, then it's a great way to get past fear. It's a great way to kind of um, uh, reverse wire fear. You know, if you're if you have a big speech to make and you're getting jittery about that, this is a great way to um, kind of get behind your thought process and understand why you're afraid and sort of um, soothe yourself so that you're you're much more peaceful about what's going on. So it's a great way to bring peace. Um, to your body, it's, it's a de stressor and you know the more um, we look at stress, the more we realize that stress is linked to a, a number of major diseases. So, um, in that in that sense,
0: uh, it's a, it's a great tool. Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't heard that EST was kind of being used for, uh, I guess, be, you know, before speech or before kind of a stressful event. But that does make a lot of sense uh, since it's working with the meridian points and. Um, so it's kind of an emotional balancing tool that you can kind of use to um, use before things that could be, you know, have a lot of pressure and that kind of thing, too. Very cool. Yeah, um, it's,
1: it's, a great, it's a great all-around tool. It really is. It's, it's, uh, I use it. My buddies use it. We all, we all, um, you know, professional athletes starting to use it. Um, it's funny. You'll see now that if you, if you watch our movie, the movie The Sacred Science or sorry, um uh the tapping solution and you see the protocol then you'll start recognizing it when you watch the like, professional sports. People do mm-hmm. it, you know, on the sidelines Really? There,
0: you know Yeah. Interesting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna watch yeah. more closely now. <laughs> um yes. I actually out of the three movies, I haven't seen the Tapping Solution yet, so I'm gonna to have to see that one. Uh, within the Tapping Solution, do you actually kind of is there a, an area where you kind of walk people through um, as to how to kind of get started with EFD and, and tapping?
1: Yes, yeah. yep. yes. There's a total. Um, not only do we, do we do it in the movie, but there's also if you buy the DVD, there's a cool little insert um, that I'm, I think is really fun and clever that just kind of takes you through the different points and gives you a general a general kickstarter,
0: it's sort of a you know, quick start kind of a thing. Very cool. Uh, I forgot to ask you, I was going to ask you uh, early in the interview, What? how did you initially get into film? Was that just kind of a passion of yours or what? Um,
1: I fell into film. It was very weird. I used to be a real estate investor. Um, you know, I, was, I went to school for, for, um, for graphic design, decided that that was not for me within the first year or two of being out of college like so many people do when they get out of college. Um, and, I was—I've always been good with business, so I started just kind of ponying up my own cash and buying properties that were dilapidated, fixing them up. While I was doing that, I was um, uh, a few friends of mine were going to come together and make the Tap Explosion movie. That uh, and and they—they didn't know what they were doing. They knew they wanted to make it, and oddly enough, I, with my little graphic design degree, was the most creative person they knew, so they came to me. They're like, Hey, how do we go out making a documentary? I'm like, I have no idea And they're like, But, but you went to design school. I'm like, well, like, Do you have any idea what design school is? Like this That's is like designing we learn how to like design like, you know, um websites and logos and things like that. I mean we have no I I have no clue how to operate a camera. So, and, right. And I'm like, you know, actually I actually I did actually I did take some studio photography classes in college. Like still like, see you so you know something about photography and and I'm like, Well Let's, you know, like, let's have lunch, let's talk about it. And So it's great. It's really weird. One thing led to the other, and I'd already had this crazy experience with packing um, that had cured my migraine, so I was already kind of like warm to the idea of a right. film being made about EFT, and so we, we kind of talked about it, and I was, you know, I, st- I sort of decided to, to take it on as a side thing while I continue doing my investing stuff, and then um, I just fell in love with the process, and Um, I've always been a huge fan of documentaries anyway, and I just basically ended up taking over the entire production of the film um, and directing it, and that was how I started.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I'm a huge uh, fan of documentaries as well. I think there's a future when it comes to education because it's the laziest way to consume information, and and you're visually, you know, every sense is kind of stimulated, and it's like, you know, (laughs) it's just, I, I really do think it is the future of education um yeah I, totally. my my friend uh nick meyer from healthworks.com told me that you got struck by lightning so i, I kind of i was kind of curious about that is this i'm, I'm just curious what what happened <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's really funny
0: um
1: i did get struck by lightning i'm starting to just wonder if i should tell this if i should continue to tell everyone this story but yeah i did i was uh when i was 16 i was struck by lightning Um, I was playing basketball. Um, it wasn't, it's not like one of those, like, you know, on the mountaintop having this kind of, uh, you know, um, cathartic experience and then you get hit by, by lighting. It was definitely much less glamorous than that. I was 16. I was playing basketball in my, my driveway and it was pouring out. Um, and I used to like to, for some reason, I used to like to play basketball in the rain. And I was – I don't remember exactly what was going on, but I was um, going up for a layup, and I was all by myself. And um, there was just a big, huge boom, and everything went um, bright. And I kind of came to – I don't know if I was not unconscious or just stunned that I came to on the ground and um, not being able to hear very well. And then I just kind of uh, walked into the house or stumbled into the house and um, didn't tell anybody about it. I don't want, want my parents to know about it. Um, but you know, the next when well, my dad got home uh, from work, you know, there there's a big oak tree next to our basketball hoop, and that that thing was split in half um, down the middle. So he was like, "What happened? Oh my God! Did you see this?" And I'm like, "No, I, I have no idea. That's crazy. I can't believe what's done with lightning." So um, I just totally covered it up. Never talked about it um, until I got more into um, traditional medicine and started started hearing about. I um, started hearing people talk about the um, phenomenon of being hit by lightning and you know what can come along with that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I did. I was hit by lightning, and it definitely did have a, 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 a serious effect on my psyche and also my my. Um, Ability to perceive subtle oh. energy. That was when I started kind of having more, having some very interesting out of body type experiences.
0: Huh. Very interesting. I was hoping you were going to say you got struck by lightning, and then all of a sudden you you were wearing Adidas before, and then afterwards you were wearing Jordans, and then you were inspired <laughs> to jump into the film industry and create White Men Can Jump, and then Woody Harrelson <laughs> came on board, and then it was like a hell's basketball White Men Can Jump movie. <laughs> But that, that didn't happen. Um,
1: <laughs> that would be amazing. I wish it gave me some sort of a, of a physical advantage. But it, it definitely did shift my – it did something inside me. It was definitely an interesting um, – it did something, for sure. There, there, was, there was something that
0: changed in me. It is really interesting that you say that, too, because uh, I had a teacher in high school, and the only other person in my life that I had heard that had been struck by lightning – and I think he had actually been st- struck by lightning two or three times. And he was the only teacher who was, like, open to sharing kind of alternate information that wasn't kind of aligned with the school's ideals. So he would play a yeah. documentary about how, uh, you know, basically the school system is teaching you to do this, and you've got to think differently. And I'm like, this is weird. Like, why is... And this guy was struck by lightning, like, two or three times. So it's just kind of funny that um, they said that, but... Um, totally. I'm curious about uh, simply raw. I saw that I want to say like two or three years ago, right shortly after it kind of first came out. I don't know when it came out, but sometime within that time frame. And uh, I thought it was a great film. I loved it. It was inspiring. It was full of heart. It 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 made you it, it inspired you to eat healthier, even if you didn't have diabetes. Um, and my question around kind of simply raw is how did that kind of project come about, and then what can it, can other people kind of benefit from from seeing that as well beyond diabetics and that kind of thing because it's kind of tailored to those people. Yeah,
1: so that project came about because of the success we had with uh, the tapping solution. So that project was in in the making and they needed they needed someone to kind of help finalize the editing of it um, and kind of sort of give it the extra punch it needed. Um, and so that that Job, I'd call it almost that job fell into my lap um, after we made the tapping solution because they knew I they knew I I was I did did well with that and, um, and they they saw it and they contacted me and they wanted me to come on and help them re-edit it. So, um, I, you know, I, it's interesting because because even before that even that even came about, I was already I was already into David Wolf. Um, I'm not sure if you know David Wolfsburg and his whole, his right. whole thing, but you know superfood nutrition and chocolate and all that stuff. I mean, I was really interested in that anyway. So for me, it was great. Like, oh, cool! I'm totally in alignment with this. The way that that's kind of the way the universe has worked for me. I, ever since I sort of got onto this path with natural medicine, there's always the next. The next thing is always there. You know, I don't. I have to sort of I remind myself sometimes when when things are. Um, a little bit hectic, you know. Uh, when there's tons of projects kind of swirling around, that that you know, the right thing will always happen. So uh, that's how it's been, and that's how it's been in my lap. And, sure. and 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 I think to, to to respond to your the second part of that question, um, it's definitely a film that has value for people who aren't just diabetics. You know, it's great for for type one, type two diabetics because it gives you an answer. Um, I would even call it uh, sort of like the extreme answer, type 2 diabetes. You know, this might not, might not be great PR for Simply Raw, but the reality is you don't need to go on a 30-day raw food diet to reverse your type 2 diabetes for the most part. There's things you can do um, just by changing your diet around. Just um, just responsible eating. You know, look at your sugars. Look at, you know, look at, look at what you're getting in terms of pro- your protein um, and you know, a vegan diet with even a little bit of meat mixed in, and some um, well-sourced grains, you know, that's that's gonna have a have a, a very um, fast and quick effect on type 2 diabetes. So, you know, in some ways, simply raw um, is an amazing breakthrough film because it shows people five out of six of these guys reverse their diabetes, and that's an amazing thing. In other ways, it's sort of deceiving because you don't need to go that extreme. To achieve those results and a lot of people have a hard time staying on an all raw diet um, for more than you know a week so um, it has a lot to offer a lot of people you know anybody can benefit from a fast and that's pretty much what this movie is it's a 30-day raw food fast um, so you know whether you're dealing with weight issues whether you're dealing with pain um, psychological issues you know, going out of going out of fat, cleaning out your body, detoxifying your liver, you know, these things are all would occur in
0: Simply Raw and I think they can benefit just about every single one of us. Right. Yeah. It it is interesting that you say that too, because that's something I've kind of noticed more as of late is there's kind of a kind of a separation within the health health learning community of people that say, Oh, you need to go this way, you need to go this way and I'm hopefully with the work that I do and you know the work that you do, we're bringing people together um you know it's not all or nothing or right or wrong or you know anything along those lines it's just more about doing the best you can with what you have and then yep. you know and unifying people and and you know moving forward as as a as a coherent unit um so i'm, I'm glad that you shared that um and I, once again that film was amazing actually someone in the film was from my hometown which i thought was kind of funny it was like a little synchronicity oh. for me um cool. to, stay, to stay on the healing path but um okay so sacred science so that that's your, your latest project. Um, the thing I loved about Sacred Science is that I do uh, a lot of work kind of with the Amazon Rainforest. And uh, actually, my mom is a stage four cancer survivor. Um, she didn't do any chemotherapy or radiation. And she actually used herbs from the Amazon Rainforest, diet, emotional release type of work, similar to EFT, but a little bit different. Um, so when I saw this film, I, couldn't, I was like, finally, so, finally, someone's talking about this. You know, finally, someone's, you know putting something out there that is you know really relevant and potent and you know valuable um in this kind of regard so um what what how did this, how was this film inspired i mean it's kind of a little bit different than the other two it's you know in another country it's kind of out in the jungle oh, man this film you know
1: before i even get into my side i'd love to ask you what what herbs what herbs and practices did your mommy
0: use uh a huge variety uh graviola was one of them um, okay. Yeah, for sure. Kind of, kind of a lot of blends. So actually, a few of the herbs that I saw within the film, I know like I, there are only a few kind of mentioned within the film that I recognize, like Chanka Piedra, Luna de Gato. Yes. And I yep. think there are a few others, but she, I mean, she really used all of them. Um, does, she, so, does she feel like
1: those? Does she feel like they had a very uh, large impact
0: on which oh, our health? Yeah, for sure. And what's interesting about that is honestly like the, the timing is kind of funny how, how that occurred, but honestly, if she didn't kind of discover herbs from the Amazon rainforest around that time, I don't know if she would have survived. I mean, she had her casket picked out at one point. Um, so it was, you know, it was like a huge godsend, like, and, you know, and, to, and, and this day, till this day she now works in the health field as a biofeedback technician. So it really kind of catapulted her into a, a, a new kind of um, life and a new way of helping others as well um that's amazing
1: uh, i love i'd love i I'd, I'd love I'd love the we have a whole thing we're doing Sacred science community uh to get we'll get into that in one second, but you know just since, since this since this launch that we had last a few months ago the, our community is just just it was amazing to see the world kind of come together around the film, and all of a sudden you know what was a pretty small community is now a huge community, and we want to uh, really start. Offering uh, some some brilliant stories and content, I'd love to I'd love to interview your mom at some point, um, to hear her story if she was if she's willing to talk about it.
0: Awesome! Oh yeah, I'll definitely uh, connect you with her. And uh, actually, speaking of it, I don't know do you know do you happen to know of Amazon Johnny's chilling by any chance? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'd be he'd be great for that community too. Um, I'm sure you know his story, but um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of her story. So what what did inspire kind of the the film then? So,
1: um, the sacred science is about Amazonian shamanism and amazonian um, healing plants essentially you know it goes into it goes into you know the indigenous culture uh, cultures of the amazon and and how they 've perfected um, these incredible methods of healing throughout the last you know few thousand years but um, so the reason why I describe it like that is because when you look at the core of what, of what the film is about it's shamanism, it's indigenous people using their own tribal methods that have been handed down word of mouth for hundreds of for thousands of years um, and which are still very effective so the reason why the, you know, the link to this film and the way this film came about is actually from the other two films, so you know, if you, if you go into any holistic healing technique, this is what I found as we were making the first two movies, when I go into these techniques, when I, when I try to understand what EFT is, and I boil it down to its, to its essence, which is Chinese medicine, um, and then I boil that down to its own essence. Chinese medicine actually comes from Chinese shamanism. Um, really? It was changed, it was, yeah, it was turned into... It was, Chinese medicine is a nice term that was put on what was before then called Chinese shamanism, which actually was a very, very female-dominated... Um, Practice, you, know, most men, you know, more women than men were specializing in this, even though it's totally different now. So things change fast, especially with modern culture and, you know, the powers that be having their say over how things are worded and shaped. So when you boil a lot of these practices down to their essence, um, they come from indigenous cultures. You know, look at raw food nutrition. I mean, there's nothing about that diet that is new. The new part of it is the fact that the new thing is 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 that we are not. It seems new because we forgot about it. It seems new because we've gone. A certain, we went on a different path. That path didn't work. Now we're returning to nature. But indigenous people and most of most of which are still alive today, they know. Um, they know all this stuff. They never abandoned it. And so even when you're looking at raw food nutrition, superfood nutrition, I mean, look at what David Wolfe is all about. He's all about cacao, you know. And, Cacao is still being used and has been used in the Amazon by indigenous tribes for thousands of years.
0: You know, and a lot of
1: the other herbs um, that you're that that you're you're, you're seeing and hearing that um, uh, you know are now becoming popular again. They're, they've always been popular, and they and they, they tend to be taken from um, traditions that are much older than ours. So when I started seeing that all the, that the two films we made had roots in much more ancient cultures, uh, many of which are still around today. And then we started thinking to ourselves hey let's start let's start looking at a film about shamanism. you know shamanism is the medicine practices of um, of of most indigenous tribes. It's also the spiritual practices. so it brings in you know both you know, uh, you know, med- you know substantive med- medicine and also um, the spiritual side of things, which i'm I'm very interested in speaking of what speaking of the the being hit by lightning thing um, so we started so looking at shamanic traditions, started screening them based on how um, complete they still were. I mean, a lot of people have lost, a lot of these tribes have lost their shamanic traditions because of, you know, modernization and many other things. But how complete, you know, each tradition was, how effective each one was, and um, and we really ended up in the Amazon. You know, there were a few different places we could have gone. could have gone to Siberia, could have gone to South Africa, could have gone to Australia, Because here in the States, there's plenty of um, Native American tribes here in the States that have thriving shamanic traditions. But the reason why we chose the Amazon um, was because it not only had a very alive and thriving shamanic tradition, but it also had um, an incredible natural resource of medicine um, right there in in, in these healers' backyards. Over 70,000 species of plants in the Amazon jungle, less than 1% of them have been studied for their medicinal value by modern science and these shamans not only know the ways that are passed down to heal people from within but they also know which one of these plants actually works
0: right hmm. what's so, interesting too what's interesting too is that uh, out of the, those you said uh... one percent of plants have been researched i don't i don't know exactly what it's at now but out of that very very small percentage I believe it's one out of four uh, pharmaceuticals or antibiotics are created from from that kind of uh, research of, of plants in the Amazon rainforest. So there's like a tremendous amount of value in in that research. Kind of, and then obviously they patent it, make it synthetic, and then you know roll it out to the masses. But um, it is really interesting that such a small percentage has been researched, and so much value has been extracted from that small percentage. So it just kind of shows you the depth of the, you know, the biodiversity, the range, the, you know, the, the potency. And obviously it's the largest rainforest in the world. So it's got, you know, it's the least untouched by man and chemicals and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. With you. There's a lot of, a lot of value there. Um, for someone that hasn't seen the film, uh, could you give kind of like an overview or some, oh, kind of an overview and synops- synopsis of what it is and, and what the journey looks like?
1: Sure. Yeah. We took eight people from around the world who had different illnesses ranging from cancer uh, to diabetes, Parkinson's disease, depression, addiction, um, certain digestive disorders like IBS and Crohn's disease. We took them down into the middle of the Amazon rainforest for 30 days to work with indigenous medicine men um, and the medicines that they have access to, which most of which we have never heard of, or we at least don't um, have access to here in the States. So, what unfolds is it's, it's a story of healing, and it's a story of um, the hard work that goes into um, to, to understanding what it takes to heal. You know, it's not just about the herbs. Um, it's not just about some sort of magic spell that's cast on you. You know, to heal you from you know, biomedicine. It's about the deep work that you need to do, the dark places that you need to look look at. Um, in your own psyche, in your own person, that may be contributing to who you are today and the diseases that you may or may not be carrying today. So it's sort of an intimate and um, bittersweet kind of a film that shows you what it takes to heal naturally.
0: Right. What What did you... Uh, when this film was complete and finished, what, did, what was your kind of biggest... Um, like, proud moment within kind of the work of that film? The, the, like, the most, like, yes, this is great. I like this part.
1: Uh, I'm really excited about... <laughs> it's funny. I was just, I was talking about this to somebody else last week. Um, the part of the film that I like the most is the part that happens after one of our patients passes away. So I'm not spoiling this lot by telling you that one of the eight patients um, does not make it back. Um, But after um, this patient passes away, there is uh, an amazing moment where one of the medicine men named Tabin talks about life and death, and he explains the difference difference in perception of life and death that exists down there in the jungle uh, versus what exists up here in the States. So I, I really think that's a big part of our, our maturation project, process as a culture is being um, changing, our, changing our relationship with life and death because I feel pretty strongly that we're, we're much more fearful of, of that transition up here in the States than people are in other areas of the world. Uh, I'm not sure exactly why that is, but I just know that you won't find people keeping their loved ones on respirators after their brain has no activity, you know, hasn't had any measurable activity in, in weeks. You won't see that happening in a lot of other cultures. We do that here. Um, I think it, it's an interesting sort of a, um, phenomenon that needs to be looked into deeper. And when you go down to cultures like the, like those that we explored in South America, the relationship with life and death is much more quote unquote healthy I would say um, and it feels like there, there's, there's a lot less fear around it um, there's sadness when somebody passes but it isn't, it isn't the you know it, it isn't treated as the final goodbye it, so it, it's, it's interesting and I thought that was a really um, interesting gift that was offered to us by Habeen, one of the medicine men from the film after one of our patients
0: passed hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's, it is interesting, too, because uh, I actually lived in Costa Rica for a little bit. And during my time down there, I just saw how people live. And I was actually living in a blue zone, too, which was kind of cool. Um, and I yeah. saw how people lived so much differently than up here in the States. It's like a completely different kind of mindset, uh, even like spiritually, just kind of a different energy. Um, and I think that... When, when, from my experience, you know, being born and raised in the States and then returning to the States from Costa Rica, um, I think part of it is kind of like religion and like, you know, uh, all these different like careers and all these different things. I think we're afraid to die or we're afraid to let our loved ones die because we don't know if we completed life or we were quote unquote right, you know, about our, our choice in religion or our choice in our career or if we accomplished all of our goals or, you know, whatever it may be. Whereas if If you go down to Central or South America or, you know, uh, other places in the world, there's much more peace, serenity, happiness, and just like a very, a very almost like Zen-like approach to life where it's like their priorities are different and it's not as, it's not as fearful because they enjoy life while they live and they're not afraid to let go of, you know, something great because, you know, they've already enjoyed that, if you will. Um, So, yeah, that, that is interesting that you say that because... I hadn't even really thought of that or, you know, that kind of part of it. But, yeah, that is very kind of deep and, and uh, something for us to kind of look within ourselves more. Um, so I'm curious, you know, having spent time with people, uh, you know, from working on the, the Tapping Solution, um, SIPRA, um the Sacred Science, and then I'm sure within these projects you've been able to meet some amazing kind of people within the health and healing world. Um, within all these projects, you know, these three specifically, what were kind of the big like takeaways as far as uh, health, wellness, spirituality, kind of just extraction of value from each of these projects that, that you got that a viewer may not get from watching it, but from you being behind the scenes, kind of uh, grasp at another level?
1: I think that the, the biggest takeaway that I've had from all three of them the projects is that. Growing and whether that means healing or just being becoming a better person has a lot to do with becoming more comfortable with discomfort. So the idea that life is ever going to become the you know the uh, the bag of roses or whatever the expression is and you know it's going to stop and you're going to achieve this constant state of never-ending happiness I think is um, a great story and it's a great sort of a great fairy tale but I think it also can sabotage us because we wonder when that's going to happen and ultimately life changes and Mm -hmm. things surprise you and you're never going to um, be able to predict what's going to happen next but what you can control is the way that you react to life and the way that you Redirect good and, good and negative energies to the right places, and learn how to harness the true power that's within you. To be flexible and to enjoy the contrast that life has to offer.
0: Hmm. Well put. I like that. Ha- seeing the perspective and balance in life, and not just constantly striving for you know um, that golden pop end of the rainbow. Um is in regards to and I, and I I'm glad that you kind of talked about spiritual side of things as well because I think uh spirituality and, and so many other kind of things play a role within our health and our healing that are is kind of ignored by the masses and even to some degree within the kind of health community um so as far as that's concerned like you know the, the kind of mind body spirit heart connection um health healing you know spiritually um, even you know, with regards to with what I'm doing with this podcast community is inspiring people to live more greener, sustainable lives because ultimately that connects to and affects their health as well. Um, so in regards to kind of those types of things, would there be any advice that you would give uh, our listeners in regards to um, kind of just seeing more of a positive perspective or uh, just really, um, I guess, growing in those areas?
1: So growing in the areas of of sort of spirituality, you're
0: saying, or, you know, from a heart, from a heart perspective? Yeah, I mean, really, uh, spirituality, I mean, it could be any of those areas that, uh, that, you know, you feel that is kind of, like, really relevant to people, like, at this current point in time, um, that kind of connects dots that are kind of unconnected out there right now.
1: You know, one of the, one of the big lessons from the sacred science in particular, and then after we've made the sacred science, going back to the other two movies, it's definitely, uh, evident in those projects as well. Is this um, need to reintroduce uh, ourselves to the divine feminine that exists within inside of all of us? I feel like we're very, you know, we, we here in the states and in Europe, and in many other um, modernized countries, there's definitely a heavy hand, heavy-handed heavy um, masculinity that goes along with it, you know, just the entire work, work world, the competitive, um, get to the top, survival of the fittest sort of mentality is very masculine. And I think that we all need a healthy dose of the divine feminine because, um, you know, and that, that's sort of some, some people look at that as being, you know, sort of scary or weird. Like, what are you talking about? i a guy. Why would I need that? And the reality is we're sort of an sort of um, uh, intertwining kind of tangle of masculine and feminine energies, and it'll always be that way. Whenever, if you start working with, the sacred plants or, or doing um, ceremonies with medicine men or you know, getting really involved in a meditational practice, you'll see this, and many, many of your listeners probably already know this. But I think that we need to sort of understand that we're not just men or women. We sort of are a combination of both. And for the most part, many of us are, um, have, have a very large imbalance and tend to be overly masculine um, just, because of, just because of the nature of the society that we live in right now. Um, and so there is a healing energy in most of the medicine men that I've worked with, whether they're from and medicine women, by the way, that I've worked with, whether they're from the Amazon, um, up here in the States, Africa, um, Siberia, there's all, there's languaging around this concept that your energies need to be balanced. And if they're not, your body is not going to be in harmony. So, um, and there's also this need to be able to channel and respect the healing energy of the mother. And the great mother is like, you know, whether you want to call it Mother Earth, Pachamama, it's the it's the earth energy, and it's also um, the energy of surrender and vulnerability, which is very very foreign to us Westerners these days because you don't want to show your weakness. But there is a way of tapping into that vulnerability, uh, Bernie Brown style. I'm sure everyone knows Bernie Brown, um, and really understanding that you don't need to fight against um, you don't need to fight against yourself or push yourself into uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. To get on top, you know, in many in many ways, that's that's contributing to your illness. So, or it can cause illness. But by surrendering to the unknown, your body's own healing power and your um, body's innate ability to heal itself is unlocked, and you get out of your own way, and you know you can achieve miraculous healing results. I know that was kind of of convoluted and sort of a rant, but um, hey, I was talking about spiritual stuff. I go
0: off on tangents sometimes. It's all good. I appreciate it. Um, And, yeah, it's a a great point. I I would agree. And it's kind of interesting, too, because even if you just kind of walk around in America or, you know, in kind of a modernized nation, the language that's used is kind of uh, different than uh, other countries that have more culture kind of embedded into it. So, you know, words like uh, dominate or crush it or, you know, um, it's all these kind of... uh, competitive kind of terms and it's not really it's not much about kind of cooperation it's more about competition drive ego um, you know if I win or if you know I have to win and they have to lose kind of thing it's not really a coherent kind of synergistic energy which you know is, is kind of what you're saying so um, yeah that's a, that's a great great uh, uh, a lot of value I think it's very important to understand that and just balancing yin and yang and, and you know kind of understanding that um, so I'm curious, what you know, in regards to kind of like film projects, what, what's next um, on a list? There's a list. <laughs> um,
1: you know, we're we're kind of hands full with the sacred science right now, um, and we have some projects coming up. We might be might be headed out to Siberia, um, you know, which which could be really fun and interesting, and also um, as seems to be the trajectory we're on, um, dangerous. You know, it seems like that—that's sort of where that—that that seems like the, the harder and more uh, remote these cultures are, the more dangerous it is to get to them. And I think that even though that's not important to us, it also does add a feel—it does add a level of of entertainment to people when people watch our films, especially the sacred science. When you see people kind of in sort of a lost, um, like the television show Lost, like that kind of atmosphere where they're in the middle of the jungle and don't know what the hell is going on. So yeah, we're um possibly gonna be going um deeper into Asia. Um and and that could be really fun. And there's there's three or four projects circulating us right now. Um but right but, for, but in the immediate um moment in, in the next six months we're really focused on um nourishing the sacred science community and uh creating all kinds of amazing free content things to give them.
0: Very cool. As far as Siberia is concerned, I'm kind of curious, what, what type of medicine do they use over there? So,
1: Siberia is, is looked at by many people as the birthplace of shamanism, which could also be looked at by many people as the birthplace of religion. Um, so, it's really interesting. There's some really old tribes that um, live way, 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 way far away. From um, civilization, and there are some really old medicines that they use, and I honestly don't even know what they are. I think that there, there's definitely, you know, some different mushrooms that are used, whether they're psychoactive, like the um, the um amanita muscaria mushroom, um, which is like that mushroom that uh, that that you see when you watch the Smurfs. Their houses are made of like you know these, you know, they're they like, they have a red roof with white dots on them. That's actually a real mushroom. It's actually one of the one of those, the most potent medicinal mushrooms there is on the planet. Also very highly psychoactive. So that's been that that that's used out there. Um, some people think that's actually where, um, you know, uh, the colors of Christmas and Santa come from. Is that that, that Amanita uh, muscaria mushroom with the with the white dots on it? So you know the white and the red hmm. because um, because reindeers. Um, you know, these, these tribes actually herd and ride reindeers. Um, there's, there's, not, there, there's nobody else on the planet who does that. And a lot of that tradition kind of went, came west into Europe and kind of blended into the pagan traditions that, um, f- you know, from which a lot of the iconography and symbolism from Christmas comes from. So it's really fun when you kind of start realizing that these people didn't stay in their own pockets. Um, you know, there's a lot of information that was passed um, from culture to culture, way early on, and there's a lot of healing tradition that exists deep in Siberia um, that you can see in Eastern Europe because it's, it's made its way that far west. Um, and there's a lot of herbs. You know, I don't know if people in your community know of the Anastasia series, um, but that's a pretty big um, mm-hmm. book that was written, um, you know, a decade or so ago, and it's all about you know, it's, it made pine pollen very popular because pine pollen is like one of the big, um, one of the big, uh, you know, healing healing agents of that book. But even all that all that stuff exists in Siberia and is utilized by those by the medicine men there. But it's really the element of mystery that um, has got us excited about these these cultures. We know that they're powerful. We know that um, they're ancient, and they they exist in a really interesting part of the world that doesn't really tend to have um, a lot of coverage, you know. So we're excited to kind of go there and see what's going on.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if you've heard uh, that. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's kind of like Siberian, Russian is kind of somehow connected to Native American. Like, the mm-hmm. I don't know. Have, have you heard that before? I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I mean, no one knows because, if anything's it true.
1: Because of, well, because, because of the land bridge. You know, so there, so when there was, when there actually was ice or land that connected, um you know, Asia to America, you know, by the Bering Strait, you know, there was, there, there was probably, you know, there, it's pretty probable. I mean, there, you know, it's, even now, it's not very far. I mean, it's not very far to get uh, to to sail across the Bering Strait and get to, you know, you know, to America from Asia. I mean, it's far, but it's not as far. It's not an ocean by any means. Um and at some point, um, I think it was during the last ice age, that was, that was very likely frozen over and people could have, could have walked across it, you know, from Asia to, 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 the, to America and down the West Coast and um, across Canada. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a connection between um, Native Americans and, um, you know, the, the indigenous folks that live in, um, in Siberia and Mongolia in that area, mm-hmm. so yeah, there's, there's there's definitely and you know even in the look of the people, you know when you on both sides of, um, of the of the Bering Strait, which you, you know there's definitely uh, uh, a, a similarity in their appearance.
0: Right. Yeah. There. Yeah. They're definitely the resemblance. What's interesting about that too is with, with Siberia is that one thing that intrigued me about the Amazon rainforest was, you know, like you said, seventy thousand species. There's it's very humid. It's, it's a very interesting region. It's very filled with life, and it's very competitive. So a lot of the plants um, that survive within the Amazon rainforest have to be very you know antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal because they're fighting you know in a human environment. So these things that break out, those plants kind of have to evolve and, and survive, um, which creates some of the most medicinal uh, plants on the planet. And with uh, within you know Siberia, it's a very very harsh climate, and you know from, from my view of Siberia in my mind is just like a bunch of snow and you know ice. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so whatever grows there, I mean it's gotta it's gotta have some like you know like energy in it that that is valuable to you know to our, to healing and health and that kind of thing. Um, so that's yeah. very kind of interesting. Um, which would lead me to kind of like the last question: Do you think there's a kind of consciousness around plants at all?
1: I think that there it's up for debate. Um, I think that there are definitely um, put it this way. I I believe that there are there there is there are spirits around plants. That's because I've been highly indoctrinated by indigenous medicine men, and I've seen a lot of things. And I, you know I I don't I don't like to. You know, get woo-woo because I think there's a plenty of plenty of um, the, the the health the alternative health community or people that are really really um, uh, they want concrete factual data about the information they're getting. So for me to say, oh yeah, I saw this amazing spirit come out of the ginkgo biloba plant, like I mean, there you know that seems kind of woo, and I get that that would probably meet, want make somebody want to um, you know turn off your you know turn off your your um, podcast, but right. I, I well, not, not my podcast, I, but yeah. But I do think, I do think that um, there are really interesting subtle energies that even people who aren't necessarily spiritual um, can point to as being uh, present in different plants. And I think that this kind of introduces another really cool topic that I've really been into lately, which is the idea of subtlety. You know, I remember uh, a few years ago I was. Uh, visiting a friend in Northern California, who had this amazing tea collection, and I was I went into it. I'm like, whoa, these are all. He's like, yeah, I get these from China. And, you know, they're really expensive. That one over there is like seventy dollars for the you know for that little can. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you spending so much money on on these different plants? I mean, they weren't even like teas that I knew. I just, was like there were these interesting different herbal herbal teas. And he goes, you just you just kind of try one and work with it for like a week, and then you start realizing that there's something really special about each of these herbs. So, you know, that's, that's really interesting because when I went down to the jungle, there's medicine men that specialize in one herb at a time. They call it dieting the herb. Really? Because you can't just, you can't just take, this is, this is their, um, their theory or their approach, is that you can't just take, you know, 10 different herbs and understand them if you're taking them all together. You need to diet them individually so that you understand that the specific characters, characteristics of each of them. That way, you get to know the spirit of that plant. You get to, and for them, they, they connect, they connect with it then in ceremony, and they get to know the spirit. Um, they look at these, they look at picking up on the subtleties that each plant has to offer, um, the different signatures of each plant, which there are many of. Um, each plant has a ton of different character characteristics to it. By doing that, the gateway to gateway into a deeper connection to the spirit of that plant. So, you know whether or not you're somebody who's who has a spiritual approach to your healing process, or you're um, sort of very clinical, but you like to use alternative medicine. I think the idea that there are different notes and subtleties to plants, and um, and so really, really everything. Even, even if you you could associate it to a, a good glass of wine, like somebody who's a connoisseur of really fine wine can pick up the notes of um, of that glass of wine. When they take a sip, when they sniff it, there's like 20 different things they can find in there. Um, it's similar with plants. I think it's a little bit deeper with plants because they're highly medicinal. Um, and and if, you, and if you're mean you're, and you feel like there is a spirituality to all this, um, that only helps you get um, you know get acquainted with the plant spirit. So that's a very long and to answer your question, much like all my answers today. But um, this is
0: not a <laughs> this is not a simple topic. Right. Well, yeah, I appreciate that, and it is interesting too because uh, when you talk when you mentioned the mushroom in Siberia, how it's a psychoactive. Um, you know, for me, I kind of thought, oh, well, you know, I've kind of thought there are consciousness implants before, just based on how my consciousness has changed over time from the plants that I've consumed and the kind of shift that's taken place within myself and the shift I've seen in others. But then also if you look at, you know, psychoactive uh, things, whether it be a, a mushroom or, you know, ayahuasca or whatever it may be, um, it's the consciousness of the individual is affected from these plants. So it's kind of like a Venn diagram. You've got the plant and the human, and then it's meeting up in the middle to kind of form something new is kind of the way I um, kind of, it now I guess you could say. Um, So yeah that's I really appreciate that answer and it's really I think valuable for people to see um, beyond just the you know you know this plant's good for my health I'm going to take it but to actually see the 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 spiritual value of it and I think that kind of plays into the sustainability of things too to really kind of want to see more of this in the world and not you know take it for granted and that kind of thing and really appreciate it on a deeper level and obviously gratitude is so important too so Nick, I appreciate your time uh, so very much. Uh, where, where can our listeners find you, what you're working on, and uh, kind of keep up to date with you?
1: Well, I mean, if they, if they go to thesacredscience.com, that's a the great way to check out the, the newest film, um, and you can also uh, get get a copy of our free ebook there. We have a we have a free a 30-page ebook that goes into a lot of the herbs that are used in the film. If you do that, you'll also be on our mailing list, um, so you'll get all the all the up to date. You know, we kept up to on all the projects and offerings that we're sort of putting out there, um, and you also get a ton of really cool videos, weekly videos, and articles that we write. So yeah, awesome. that's, that's the, that's, that's the, the sacredscience. Awesome,
0: thank you so much, and for everyone listening, I'll have the links to both the Tapping Solution and Simply Raw, and all the Sacred Science below in um, the show notes as well. Uh, once again, thanks a lot for your time, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, thanks for that. Thanks for having me. and we'll wrap the show with that thank you so much for listening to the healthy wild and free podcast ladies and gentlemen i really appreciate your time and i really hope that you're getting a lot of value from these interviews if you aren't already subscribed to the healthy wild and free podcast in itunes what are you waiting for go over to itunes and search for healthy wild and free and hit the subscribe button And while you're there, if you appreciate the work that I'm doing and you enjoy these interviews and you want to hear more of them, please click the ratings and review tab and leave a rating uh, and a review on the podcast. That helps me reach more people and helps me to continue to do this work. And then also join the Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash healthy, wild and free for kind of daily updates and inspiration uh, within regards to health, wellness, fitness, mind, body, spirit, green living, all that, all that good stuff. Um, so join the Facebook community and uh, everything else, all the other goodies, videos, articles, interviews, uh, free ebook, all that is on healthywildandfree.com. Thanks a lot for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.